Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V to get started. And hey, look, it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and a heck of a lot more, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. It's always ice cream season at the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. And March is no exception. Come on in and get a taste of the Irish. All month long, they'll have delicious mint soft serve, mint flying saucers, mint milkshakes, and their amazingly popular cookie o' puss cake. All perfect for the St. Patrick's season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh. So no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel, open seven days a week, Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and log on to your podcast app on your smartphone device, wherever you get pods, and Hey, download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You will get new and archived episodes of the program delivered straight to your smartphone device. And you can hit me on Twitter as well, at Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by our great friends at Tiny Bubbles Laundromat, Rosie's Corner, Burton Ace Hardware, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. It is a treat to bring on to the program Jean Fruth. Her images in grassroots baseball, Route 66, celebrate and illuminate America's pastime in the small towns and large cities that connect the historic highway. We recently had Jeff Idelson on, who's been a part of this great grassroots baseball project now for a couple of years, a former president of the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown. And you can pre-order your copy today at grassrootsbaseball.org. That's grassrootsbaseball.org. You'll check out the photos there, uh, the news, their team, the tour, and you can donate as well. And your signed copies can be pre-ordered right at that website, grassrootsbaseball.org. Let's bring in the author and photographer of this tremendous book, Grassroots Baseball, Route 66. It is Gene Fruth. Gene, welcome aboard. Thank you and congratulations. Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. What do you think the 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 reader, the viewer, and I say viewer because of the amazing photographs in this thing, what 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 do you think they should get when they're looking at all of these pictures? You know, what do you what do you want them to understand? Um, you know, just um spending all the time that we did along Route 66 and documenting all of these stories. I mean, if you take the journey from 
Chicago to L.A., as the song goes, you just see that baseball, of course, looks different in different places. It's, it's played the same, but the geography, the topography, the people, the towns, you know, we have um, urban cities in Chicago and rural, you know, towns in, in Missouri and um, Indian reservations uh, in New Mexico and just all the stories of these small towns, urban cities, and getting the feel for what it was like along Route 66 back in the day and also what it's like today and all these great communities um, that make up the route uh, going from east to west. It's amazing. Um, you know, and, and I just had Jeff Idelson obviously on recently and I had brought up that when I when I talk to him and I talk to you and we we dive deep into the grassroots baseball, um, it reminds me a little bit of the baseball version of John Madden's cruiser. You know, you guys are all along Route 66, you're seeing scenic America, you're connecting towns and cities and, and states. Um do, do you feel like that a little bit? Like you're the John Madden of 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 baseball right now in terms of growing the game at the amateur level? I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, obviously you see so much more, you know, flying across the country, you miss everything. So the journeys that he had in his RV, yes, um, that's a really good analogy and comparison. Uh, and just the time that we got to spend really boots on the ground and getting to know people. It, I mean, some of this was done during the pandemic and there was no baseball. So we were just out there meeting coaches and meeting community leaders. And um, so the, the relationships that we developed, you know, it was just, uh, it just made the project a, lo a lot more fulfilling, you know, and as we go back, you know, I feel like we also have lifelong friends along Route 66 and places I would have never gone otherwise. What do you think... Gene makes a great photographer. You know, it's um, it, it's a great question. Um, you know, sports photography. Everybody thinks of it as a great action shot, and of course, you know, capturing action is important in sports photography, and it's exhilarating. And so, when you look at it that way, you want to capture the athlete at his or her peak moment. And that's your job as a photographer. This is different. This is storytelling. So yes, of course, there's still action involved, and I'm a, a, an action photographer as well. But I want to be so much more than that. And what I'd like to do is when the viewer looks at a picture, at just one glance, it tells a story. I mean, a great picture doesn't need a caption. So I know through the years that Jeff, with his former title of president of the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, he has just developed so many unbelievable relationships with uh, people who are not with us anymore, people who are with us. And you guys have a lot of Hall of Fame influence. You have a lot of former player influence, current player influence with this thing. But, you know, George Brett and Johnny Bench and Jim Tomey, I mean, these are, these are you know, the greats of the game. He's had so many of these relationships. Can you get into your relationships with some players uh, through your travels and this project and the previous book and, um, you know, the, the, the impact that they've had on grassroots baseball along the way? Yeah, yeah, I, I've been just, I mean, privileged and honored to 
get a chance to spend time with some of these baseball greats. You know, when I spent my time at the Baseball Hall of Fame as their traveling photographer, I had a chance to take portraits of them, do projects with a lot of them, and and then hear their stories, which is really how Grassroots Baseball, the first book, Where Legends Begin, came about. Because as I heard their stories, especially their early days of playing baseball, it's really fascinating. And it's kind of the stories that you don't hear. You hear a lot about their playing days. And Ricky Henderson's a great example, you know, and just spending a lot of time. I spent a lot of time shooting the Oakland A's, so I had the chance to spend more time around Hick- Ricky Henderson than just with the Hall of Fame um, because I was shooting there regularly and he was there a lot of the time. And it's it just, uh, it, it was just so great for them to tell their stories and be so willing to. And when I asked Ricky, he was the first Hall of Famer I asked to participate in the project, and he immediately went off into a story of what it was like playing baseball in Oakland, California. And really, he wanted to play football, and his mom wanted him to play baseball. And, you know, the story just came out so naturally I started trying to type it on my phone so I wouldn't forget it and make sure I get it down because sometimes when somebody tells you the story the first time it's the best time so as you know um but just the willingness um you know and and uh Hank Aaron and the, the the Hall of Famers that are not with us and you know now you know as they passed I think wow I I I, I can't believe I had the chance to get to know them the way I did and how honored I am that they participated. Whitey Ford telling his story of what it was like growing up in New York playing baseball. I mean, now I cherish those memories more than ever before. Going through the the country and connecting, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the towns, the cities, the states, finding, you know, stories and, and, and the way baseball looks and all the rest. Can you give me your greatest similarity between two states or two areas where you would never expect it, and then your greatest difference between a couple of areas where you'd never expect it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, just living in a, uh, growing up in a in an urban environment, someplace like Chicago, and what kids experience there, and how they view the world, and they grow up faster, you know, and you, you see kids playing baseball there, and just, you know, everything you have to deal with in an urban environment just to get to a baseball game, and to go to your practice, and, um, you know, and just very different than, it, it, it couldn't be more different than, say, a small town in Oklahoma. You know, the home of Johnny Bench, Binger, Oklahoma, and um, you know, and that and the community there. You know, it's it's a, Chicago. Let's say is a fast, exci- you know, not that they don't have community, they certainly do, but just that bigger environment. You know, just lends itself to a different experience. Both are great, and but both are so different. You know, Binger, Oklahoma. You go there, Johnny Bench, you know, still so connected to his town. Everybody knows everybody. The first time I went to his town, I went without him, and then I went with him the next visit. And I said, well, how, who do I meet? How do I meet? He goes, oh, you just go to, you know, this local store that everybody goes to. If you sit there for a half hour, you'll just meet the whole town. And he really wasn't kidding, you know, and... um there's something so sweet about that. Everybody knowing everybody, everybody taking care of everybody. Um, so just those differences of the small community versus the bigger city is enjoyable. I mean, same with L.A., you know, and, and Santa Monica. Just that, that beach, you know, coast, west coast. George Brett growing up in L.A. is, you know, a very different experience than um, a Johnny Bench or a Jim Tomey growing up in Illinois. 
You know, there is something to that, that small town feel. I mean, I, I've always, you know, in, in sports media, obviously your goal is to keep jumping markets and do your thing, but, you know, time and certain life events take place and, and certain priorities kind of, you know, get in front and you, you, you are where you are for a reason. Um, and, and I live in a small town about, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes north of Syracuse. And, you know, but it's it's crazy because the neighborhood, I walked my dog this morning, in fact, and, you know, you, you walk around and it's, they're still there. They're still there. They're still there. My buddy's mom right there is still there. These people are still there. I went to school with them. They're still there, you know, and, and uh, my sixth grade science teacher, or eighth grade science teacher is still uh, is still uh, in the same place, uh, or seventh grade science teacher, uh, and her husband played softball with my dad, and we've become friends, and they're still in the same house. You know, there there is that you know that that sort of top of the morning feel to to that small town neighborhood thing, and and hey, baseball may be the best sport to add a little bit more of that to the town. You know. Oh, it's so true. I mean, an example would be Billy Hatcher in Arizona, who partido he he wrote an, uh, a wonderful essay of what it was like growing up in Williams, Arizona, and he lived right across the street from the high school. Well, when I spent time there, the house that he lived in, his mom is still there. Lives right across the street from the high school. His brother, also a baseball player, he's coaching the high school where they both played baseball. So what you're saying is exactly right. It, it's really neat. And and then of course their kids are playing there. And and the town, sure, changes, but it's also very much the same. And um, you know, and of course that's different in places like L.A. and Chicago, where it's much more transient. And people move on, and it's bigger. And you know, one's not better than the other, but certainly very different. Oh, that is a dream come true. Live across the street from the high school. You didn't have to be there at, at certain amount of time. You can wake up 40 minutes later than normal or whatever. Uh, my cousins, actually, it's funny you say that. My my first cousins, my mom's uh, brother, twin brother's kids, uh, you know, that whole family lived across from uh, the high school for, for quite a while, the one that we went to. Um, the book is Grassroots Baseball, Route 66. Gene Fruth with us, of course, the author and photographer of this fantastic, fantastic piece. And you can definitely pre-order it right here today on uh, grassrootsbaseball.org with the May 10 of 2022 official release coming all the way through as well, available on Kindle and uh, other platforms as well. Um, Gene, when people get done with the book, what do you hope they say about it? Oh, I, I, you know, I feel like this book is not just, it's not about, it's not just about baseball. You know, it really is about life. It really is about communities, you know, and I mean, I have such a, a a big audience of women and people who are not necessarily interested only in the sport of baseball, but just the communities and just the way of life. You know, it's everything from old guys playing to, you know, kids playing t-ball and then all the Americana along the way. So I feel like it's a, it's a wide audience. And when, when people go through the book, I hope they see that and, and see um, just all the differences of these towns and, and what life is like today along Route 66 and where it used to be. What's next for you? Uh, we just launched a project we announced yesterday, and I'm really excited about this one. Um, Grassroots Baseball's new endeavor is Women in Baseball. And it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be a three-year project. It's so far-reaching. We're telling the stories of women in baseball past, present, and future. Hmm. And as you know, you know, the AAGPBL 
um, those women, you know, during World War II were playing baseball. So the door was open at one point where there was a professional league of, of women playing baseball. And, you know, now today we're seeing women in all kinds of roles in baseball, executives, coaches, groundskeepers, and women playing baseball on a college level. So, um, and of course, internationally, all the different countries that women are playing baseball in on all different levels. So it's women playing, women around the sport. Um, and so telling those stories, I think, is important to help the next generation um, integrate into baseball if they want to, and that's their choice. So I'm really excited about uh, this new project. My, my first shoot is next week in L.A. It's uh, four all women college teams, college clubs team, teams playing for a championship. And I'm also going to have a chance to meet two of the women who played in the AAG PBL, you know, back in the 40s, 1940s there. Um, and they're still supporting uh, women in baseball today, these ladies. That is incredible. Does it provide you, you know, these projects, does it provide you with a, a distraction from the lockout? You know, because as this we're talking about the spirit of the game and growing the game, and this that. And meanwhile, the players and owners can't figure it out, right? They can't. Yeah, and, it's true. You know, I, I am I'm I'm very hopeful that they will. It's unfortunate that it had to get to this point, you know. But um, for me, you know, it's never going to take away my love for the game. I love Major League Baseball, and I can't wait to go back to shooting it. I certainly will. Um, but. I, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life where I want to surround my work with purpose, which is why telling these stories to me is so important. I mean, baseball in these small towns, you'd never see baseball anymore. You wouldn't be able to you know, know that Williams, Arizona was a place where, you know, legends came from and mm -hmm. Binger, Oklahoma and Commerce, Oklahoma, or Mickey Mantle. And so I feel like celebrating the game and showing the youngest level Baseball is still fun, and it's out there, and it's still alive. And, and a project like my women's project, I think, is just, it's kind of where my focus is anyway, and it's celebrating the game and also hopefully doing some good for the next generation. So that's kind of where my focus is. But certainly I'm excited to go back to Major League Baseball, and there's there's time and room for both. So I'm, I'm hopeful it's going to get done. When did you first fall in love with baseball? Yeah, I, I, my, when growing up, my family was a hockey family. We grew up in New York. My grandpa was a, a Mets fan, and he listened to Mets games on the radio. So that was my first experience with Mets. And then I worked at a restaurant as a, a teenager, and they had Mets season tickets, and I'd occasionally get to go if they, the fourth seat was available. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I really didn't fall in love with the game until I started coaching my son's rookie ball and then Little League team. And that is when I really fell in love with the game, coaching. And I wasn't really much of a coach. They call, I was coaching rookie ball because nobody wanted to do it. And so I did it. And then a Little League called me, and I said, oh, you don't want me. And they said, well, we'd like some women coaches. We don't have any women coaches. And um, they said they would train me, and I worked with two terrific coaches who trained me. I never really became much of a coach, but I loved the game. And then I started shooting um, all levels of the game and, and fell in love with it. And that's why the grassroots for me is so important. I mean, the small town where my son played baseball and grew up playing baseball, I still have such a strong connection to today. And that community is still there thriving, and I always go back. And um, it'll be one of my first stops with my book launches in Healdsburg, California. Wow. Do you, um, 
you know, through through the years here, I, I look, we all start as fans. Uh, you know, eventually we become uh, professional workers in some field. But if you're in sports, you're in sports media or you're doing what you're doing, uh, which is a type of media, obviously, is, you know, photography and all that. Um, we have to kind of set aside our fandom in a way, you know, and be just a complete and overly objective person and how we do it and how we cover. But there is still a little bit of that fan inside you that'll never go away, no matter what. So, so I ask you this, have you ever been starstruck while you're doing this job? Huh. Um, you know, not really. It didn't, I didn't, I, um, I must say when I started doing portraits at the Hall of Fame, I wouldn't call it starstruck, but I was nervous beyond belief. Yeah. And I only had a few minutes with each Hall of Famer and it was a pressure, but I, that wouldn't be starstruck. That was more, oh my, I sure hope these photos turn out well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, starstruck, uh, not not so much. Um, I, I started shooting professional sports uh, and baseball in Oakland, California, and I worked with a photographer who's still the photographer today um, for the Oakland A's and the, the San Francisco 49ers. And it was just so natural to be in front of the visiting dugout, you know, shooting wide-angle portraits before the game, talking to these players. So it really normalized it for me. It never felt like a, a star situation to me. And um, and then, you know, just always, you know, wanting to be respectful and give people their space. So I never, I never really thought about it that way. I really just wanted to tell the story as best I can. I'm much more interested in focusing on my craft and getting it right. We live in a different society now in terms of how we work. I mean, there a lot of people work from home. A lot of people run their own businesses and they're just doing the entrepreneur thing. People are learning uh, and getting degrees online. Um, if, if there's a young photographer out there, what direction do you point him or her to? I mean, do, 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 you, do you go to school? Do you learn it, you know, the traditional way and some of the modern way? I always kind of talk about that with, you know, current journalism students at my alma mater, St. Bonaventure, where I'm like, look, you guys are in the best possible spot because you're it at Bonas. You're lead, you know, you're learning how to do the traditional media. You're learning how to write a lead and do a monologue and, you know, deadline and all that kind of stuff. But yet you have the modern platforms to just go out and hit record on a microphone and do a podcast and do YouTube and do all sorts of stuff. How would you point you know, those people in, in photography, what, what direction would you send them in? Oh, that's, that's so great. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities to what you're saying to photography. I mean, the, images are more important than ever. There's more of them and everybody's taking pictures with their cell phones and, um, and everybody seems, you know, you could say as a photographer, but there's still, it, it's, it's excelling in your craft and, and yes, you know, going to school, but there's so many ways to learn now. The opportunity to learn photography, I mean, is online, too. There's so many classes. There's so much free instruction out there from, you know, big companies. Like, I mean, the Sony that I shoot with, they have, you know, this online presence where you can go and, I mean, learn all, you know, all, about all kinds of topics. They're constantly have photographers putting up there. And the information is free. Yeah. And and it's it's good information and, and lots to learn. So there's so many ways and you could become a great photographer. And the gear is 
you know, certainly more technical, but what it can do, you know, it, it never been able to do that before. I mean, there's cameras that shoot 30 frames per second um, and capture action and lock on, you know, auto eye focus where my new camera, my new Sony camera can lock on the eye of the baseball player and track that player all the way through. I know you're saying, well, of course you could take pictures that anybody can, but not really. You have to frame and compose and you still need to, you know, know your, your, your craft. So there's a lot of opportunities, but it's also extremely competitive as well. So it's really just becoming the best, the same as a journalist, you know, the people who become the best in their craft and really study to become the best, you know, there's a place for them and they find their place. Final question for you. If I told you you could only hang one of your pictures, a framed photo, in your living room, only one, you only get one in your entire house, what one would you pick? Well, I have to admit, I don't hang any of my work. I have, I, I have a lot of uh, heroes, and I prefer, and it's, it's the old guys, and their work is uh, what I have hanging in my house for, for sports images. You know, the guys like Neil Leifer, you know, uh, and, and Michael Zagaris. And so that's the work I'm most proud of that I have hanging. So I have to think about... Uh, what I would hang for, for my work. I, 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 uh, I, I don't really have a, a, a great answer for that. I, I suppose um, the picture of Vera Clemente throwing flowers into the ocean where Roberto's oh, plane went that's down. That's a great she does one. that every yeah. year, and I had the opportunity to be with her, and I was um, the first person or maybe the only person to document her and her family doing that and hearing the story from, from Vera. It was a pretty special moment for me, so... I would say um, uh, that one just because of the personal experience I had with it. That's awesome. Grassroots Baseball Route 66. Go pre-order it. Photographer and author Jane Fruth, our guest, of course. And you can go do that at grassrootsbaseball.org. And while you're there, you can donate. You can check out all the books, uh, the news releases, and the tour, and the photos, and the blog. It's a terrific website, Grassroots Baseball, promoting and celebrating the amateur game around the globe. Gene Fruit, thank you so much. You're the best, and we'll talk down the line, okay? Uh, this has been great. Thank you so much. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Burn Dairy, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Welch & Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and... Camillus Golf Club. Go get your membership today in 2022. CamillusHillsGolfClub.com for more information. Camillus has a great, great landscape of 18 holes, challenging greens, awesome food and drink before, during, or after your round. Camillus Golf Club is the official golf club of the ML Sports Platter. And I do want to give a quick tip of the cap thank you to the Syracuse Fitness Store, the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform, as well as Burn Dairy. Stop by Burn Dairy on your way to work for that coffee and luscious donut, or you can get the cold and warm food for your lunch or dinner and a ton of great options for beer as well as filling up your vehicle at Burn Dairy, select locations in central New York. Huge thanks to Gene Fruth. Go get the Grassroots Baseball Route 66 book. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at MikeLSports, and go download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review for this podcast wherever you get podcasts on your smartphone device. And as I always tell you, 
Enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. And hey, look, it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and a heck of a lot more. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.